I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers on rap, gangs, and guns. We're taking a look at one of the most popular genres in hip hop right now. It's called drill music at a time when we're seeing teenagers in many cases being arrested, teenagers being murdered, law enforcement focusing on this and focusing on some of the aspiring artists. What we wanna talk about is what are we really dealing with here? What's really going on? Are gang members using the term aspiring rapper to get away with what they're doing? Is law enforcement, right? When they say that people are using freestyles, they're using drill rap videos, they're live streaming in order to stir up beef and inflame these passions. We're gonna break it all down for you. We're gonna to explain to you what drill is and also talk about where things are going because there's also very big concerns about artist rights, about the opportunities. And let's also keep in mind that over the past decades, hip hop has provided a voice for communities even before we had social media where people could talk about what was really going on, the conditions that were not being reported in the mainstream media. And it's also made a lot of millionaires and also created thousands and thousands of jobs. And with hip hop now being the most popular form of music in the world, the most heavily streamed, the most successful, it's even more important than ever that we take a look at what are we dealing with here? Are the right messages being sent, particularly to our youth who in many cases are raising themselves and many cases are being buried way too young, which we've been seeing in Brooklyn in recent weeks and months. So joining me for this conversation is Jelani Ray. He is with the organization, the nonprofit Guns for Grants. Um, doing gun buybacks and trying to offer new opportunities, particularly to our young men. Jelani, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Kao So Frosty. He's a filmmaker. His movie was uh, Flatbush the Movie. He also is the host and producer of Gods of the City podcast, and he's out in the community trying to give a voice to a lot of these young men and find out what's really going on. Kao, thank you so much for being with us. Um, you're welcome, Lisa. We appreciate it. Also joining us is Vidal Vak Barclay. He is the president and CEO of Cultivated Agency. He represents some of the top tier drill rappers in the world, and he's going to join us uh, right now and break it all down for us. Vak, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. And we appreciate you, you giving us the time. Also with us is Bobby Fisher. He knows drill artists very well too. He is the vice president of A&R at Empire Records. Uh, Bobby, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Lisa. We, we appreciate it. And also with us is a criminal defense attorney, Philip Hamilton. He's the managing partner of Hamilton Clark, and he's also a former public defender. Phil, thank you so much for joining us. Lisa, thanks for having me as always. We, we really appreciate it. Bach, I want to start with you about on this. How do we explain drill music? Because a lot of people think of, you know, Pop Smoke, or they think of, you know, some of these other some of the other artists it's like how do you explain drill we know it came from chicago no it came from london but is that is that really the whole story um drill music was a i guess a genre that was created in chicago and then the production got revolutionized once it reached london and then by the time the kids over here got a whiff of it they took it to a whole nother level and created this dubstep slash trap sounding and it was like mixed with some West Indian influences and it just made one of the biggest booms in hip hop in a very long time. I can't even explain exactly what drill is, but it's basically a genre of street kids telling their stories from their neighborhoods where they come from. And, and the beats in a lot of cases are very electrifying and they just really get the crowd going and get people amped up. Cause it's like, it's like 
145 BPMs. The kids is, you know, they, they're rapping double time on the beach because that's how they catch the rhythm. Cause they're just, you know, most of the kids that do drill a West Indian influence kids. So they rapping like the reggae singers or whatever and catching the rhythm. That's why the London kids and the New York kids are so connected because they both come from those West Indian backgrounds and they can be able to relate and they know the slangs and the terminologies and it's easier for them to ride the rhythms the same. And then what about what about Chicago? Where does Chicago come in with this? Because there's a big Chicago influence in New York too. Chicago come in the influence of pretty much, honestly, the uh, the speaking on gang culture via the music, because it's always been aggression and subliminals and music, but Chicago came with the aggressive, blatant name calling and. That excited the kids out here back in 2013, 2014. That's how you got Bobby Schmurder, Roddy Rebel, and right. a bunch of other kids from that generation. And then the 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 their babies from that generation, the kids that came after them are the new kids, the two two G's, the Chef G's, and the 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 the, the Sleepy Hollows. They they're the ones they they like the they're like Bobby's and them like 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 their mutations like <laughs> well, like or, or like the longer down the street well let me let me bring in our other guests bobby fisher in terms in terms of the new york scene that yes there's a there's a caribbean thing it's in it's in canarsie which is a heavily caribbean community mm -hmm. as well in in term in terms of the artists do you draw a line between people who are quote unquote aspiring rappers who maybe made some videos and are starting to get some views on youtube as opposed to actual artists? I mean, is there is there an actual, help us understand who aren't in the business, is there an actual kind of line there? I mean, I think I think drill music and hip hop overall is with the advancement of technology, everyone can do a rap video or do a YouTube video. Um, I think what separates uh, finding identified talent obviously is the talent level, the, the consistency of the artist, um, and also seeing the, the social reaction to the actual music, not to, anything dealing with their backgrounds or their, you know, if there's any type of gang activity is just, it's just basically pure, purely you're just judging it from a musical standpoint. I think that's how you can kind of create like an assessment test on who's someone who's really taking their craft seriously and someone who's not, who's not really taken ser seriously. And that's something that you, that you guys as label heads, you're looking, you're looking for the one that's really wants to make that move and take it seriously. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, we, we, you know, obviously we're in the business of developing artists and, and, and selling records, but you want to make sure that the artist is genuine uh, to their craft of creating music. And, you know, it's it's a, it's a thousand, it's millions of rappers out there. You just want to make sure that the artist that you're, you, you know, that you're, you know, monitoring or you helping coaching or advising that, you know, it's something that they, is true to heart to what they want to do and how they want to move forward. And we're, and we're going to talk about that. When we come back, we're going to talk about the, the some some definitions too. You hear a lot of people say, oh, I'm a rapper. He's a rapper. They're a rapper. But there's a fine line between rappers and artists. We want to talk about what makes an artist. And also our authority is going to start to pile on and blame the music because that's an easy target when there's been no solution for years about gang violence, illegal guns, and all of these shootings. We'll find out what our guests have to say when we come back. Yo, what up? This your homie Ace Hood, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real poly tricks, and real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about rap, gangs, and guns, drill music coming under increasing scrutiny as the body count of young men in our streets, particularly in Brooklyn, New York, continues to grow. So we have an amazing panel to break this all down. 
for us from a bunch of different perspectives. Joining me is Jelani Ray. He is with Guns for Grants. It's a nonprofit organization that tries to turn people's lives around and also does gun buybacks. Jelani, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also joining us, Kao So Frosty. He's a filmmaker, has Flatbush the movie, and also the host and executive producer of the Gods of the City podcast. Kao, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Lisa. We appreciate it. Also with us is Vidal Bach Barclay. He's the president and CEO of Cultivated Agency. He represents some of the top tier drill rappers in the world. Bach, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Appreciate you. No, we appreciate this. Um, also with us is Bobby Fisher. He's the vice president of A&R for Empire Records. Bobby, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Thank you. And also with us is attorney Philip Hamilton. He's a criminal defense attorney and managing partner of the Hamilton Clark Law Firm. Phil, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Thank you. Bobby, you work with a lot of artists. You scout a lot of new talent. Are we, and especially the main, the quote unquote mainstream media, is there, is this term rapper or aspiring artist being used too loosely? I agree. Um, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, if you, you grew up in the 80s and 90s, you know, sometimes when crime takes place, they used to stereotype our, you know, our, our young Black African youth and say, if he played basketball, oh, he was a basketball player and something happened. And um, we just have to be careful. I mean, rap can be utilized by anyone. Um, anyone can make a rap video. Anyone can cre create a rap song. Um, we just have to be careful of stereotyping all of Black youth, we, we, you know, just because they're, you know, they, they're fans of the music and they might want to participate, it doesn't mean you should label them, you know, a drill rapper. Um, we just have to be very careful in, uh, in labeling these things. Um, and that's, that's not just from a, a law enforcement situation. I think it also comes from a social media standpoint as well, too. Um, um, but obviously, if, if, if consistency stays there with, with the artists and moving forward, and, and this is something that they're serious about their craft, I mean, obviously, um, that they want to be considered a musician. I think, you know, rightfully so, they should be, you know, called that or named that. But we just have to be careful about stereotyping all, you know, majority of our youth this because they're, you know, fans of hip hop or, you know, might do a song or two. That doesn't mean that they're, you know, they're a professional rapper or, or a professional artist. Absolutely. But it, but it's a very, it's a very different thing. I mean, I'm, I look at, you know, I, I cover some of these some of these court cases and the, the murders and there's like it's not even like they're trying to make a song it's like there's a specific thing they're talking they're talking about the ops the opposition they're talking about other people using using the guns and the and and Vak, how do you feel i mean the the violence is very much a part of the actual the original music but then we see other drill rappers you know like the like a pop smoke like apollo g that have kind of emerged out of you know, that have ex expanded what the drill universe is. What, where do you see drill right now? Right now, drill, drill's in a great place because it's in more places. They're streaming more, their kids are getting bigger deals. They're starting to, you know, give the same opportunities to the New York kids they usually would give the down south and the West Coast kids. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of positives coming out of this. Some kids are becoming entrepreneurs, some kids are, you know, but so, unfortunately some kids are using it for bail money and lawyer money because, they're still not being given the right tools. They're being given the money. Imagine you had never, you you go 20 years, 19 years, your whole life and never had a dollar your whole life. And then one day someone puts a million dollars in your pocket. You're not gonna know how to act 
You're not going to know how to spend it. They, don't, they need more mentorship. They need people to come in and help most of these kids when they get these big amounts of money. These kids don't pay taxes. They don't know in five years they're going to be in trouble. They don't have apartments. Half of these kids that's arrested, like, like some of the drill kids that got arrested in the last four or five weeks that we've been seeing, they've been bailing out of jail or trying to be out of the jail, but half of them don't have anywhere to live. That's they have no way of putting up anything. Their parents can't sign off for them. They're looking for people to sign off on bails bonds because they don't know how to, they don't have no credit. They don't have no assets, no anything. So some of these kids are the first generation of anything in their family. So that's a tough responsibility right there. You, you the first person in your whole family in 10 generations to ever have money. You don't know how to act. You've been living in the projects with your seven brothers, your mother and your father. You don't know how to, you don't know how to be productive member of society yet. They just gave you this money. You just know how to do something good. They gave you this money. They expect you to act different than you was yesterday. I was a criminal for 18 years. 18 weeks of having money ain't going to change that. And that's the thing that they got to do. They got to be more education for the kids. These kids need to take different, there need to be different steps taken when they give these kids the money. See me, when I give the kids the money, I, I, I sign them. That's why I'm a full-fledged agency. I sign them, I do management with them. Then we get them, the, we get them the label deal. We go, the first thing we go do is get a bank account, go figure out your taxes. Then we go find you an apartment. It's because you need somewhere to live. You can't create if you don't know where to live. Right. Because we, we got to remove you from the neighborhood. Once you remove you from the neighborhood, this the, that's my part right there. I, I do as much as I could. I move from the neighborhood. I get you your studio time. I get you everything you need. You get your money. You get you set up. That's the best I can do. Some kids, they still find a way to get in trouble because they still fall victim to the same things that they fall victim to. Right. Or they want to go back and they want to show off the jewelry exactly. or whatever else, whatever else they have. <laughs> Kale, what, what do you think about that? But also, but what about, is that, you know, we're, the, a lot of the street violence with the, the gang activity, it seems to be much, much younger. Yeah, it's getting much more younger. And it's, it's like Vox said also, it's like you can move them out the hood, but that doesn't mean like you're going to take the hood out of them because what mm -hmm. basically is I interviewed a, a Chicago artist where he says basically they're not getting signed because of all the violence that happened out there. So I asked him, why, why didn't you move? He said, I moved to Atlanta, but my content and my music changed because I was not in the trenches. Like the trenches is like, that's like their, um, that's like what the, the word they use out there. He's like, his content kind of changed when he wasn't around the, the 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 whole area of what was happening so it's like a tricky thing with them because they feel like they have to be around to be able to produce the sound because they feel like if they're not around they're not going to be able to produce the sound and give you the stories of prettiness that the, the the fans are looking for it's like basically they're kind of slaves to the fans as well now because the fans i, I know artists that that get three hundred thousand views when they talk about dead homies but i know the same artists would get about twenty five thousand views if he makes a song about a girl. So you get where I'm coming from? So it's like, they, they're struggling themselves. They try, but sometimes it just doesn't work for them. So they go back to what's working for them. Well, we right. just and have to, just, to, just, I'm sorry, Lisa, but just to add on to that, there's a lot of different layers that we have to peel. Mm -hmm. um, most of the time, Vak can attest, Lonnie, myself, when you're signing an artist, it's almost, you're, you're almost dealing with a whole village. You're dealing with his friends, you're dealing with his family, when they travel, if you pluck him out of his environment and you stick him in a new environment, it's going to be hard for him to create. So sometimes you have to also hold his friends accountable mm -hmm. and his family to make sure there's a positive environment for him to create. He's an artist. He likes to throw paint on the wall. You have to make sure that you, one, you create a safe haven environment, a creative space, and it's, it's called artist development. That's why there are people here that, you, that we have to find a way, and we have been finding a way of how artists can still be creative do aggressive content, 
without harming anyone or putting themselves in harm's way. And I think that's the key. Right, exactly. Well, I mean, well, just to add on to that, I mean, I know every artist that I've had that had legal issues, I accompanied, I'm, I've went to court. I've spoke to the DA. We've, you know, we've, we've figured out ways to get them out of situations because most of the time that the artists that we did sign had priors and sometimes it could turn, it can amplify their, their past criminal situations where therefore they're being discriminated, discriminated against, even without doing anything future, future, uh, uh, future, uh, uh without doing any crimes, period. Right. Vak and myself were, had artists that were on the original Rolling Loud roster mm-hmm. that got demonized and they haven't even, they, they were on the, everyone was on the right path of doing a show and they weren't able to do a show. No, and, they, and there's been, it. there's been, Bobby, I got to cut you off there because we got to take a break, but the, there, there's been, a, there's been a lot of that. And let's, let's also point out, let me just interject in here as well. There've been plenty, there's plenty of very big name hip hop artists who had past criminal activity and then they used it, the music gave them a way out of it and then they stayed Correct. on the right side of everything and just became businessmen and successful artists and all and all that type of stuff when we come back is there something about the drill content that's drawing attention or has it become an easy target for people to blame that's when we come back yeah yeah what up what up what up this is styles peter ghost and this is street soldiers with lisa evers real issues real politics and real people only on hot 97 yeah ghost told you so welcome back to this episode of street soldiers i'm your host lisa evers we're talking about rap gangs and guns we got a great panel to break it all down for us um, and to mix it up, joining us, Jelani Ray. He's with the nonprofit organization um, Guns for Grants. He's doing gun buybacks and a lot of creative educational opportunities as well. Uh, Jelani, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also with us is Kaoso Frosty. He's a filmmaker. His film is Flatbush the Movie. He's also the executive producer and host of the Gods of the City podcast. Kao, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Also with us is uh, Vidal Vak Barclay. He's the president and CEO of Cultivated Agency, and he represents some of the top tier drill rappers in the game right now. Vak, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having us, having me, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you. Well, having all of us, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> we're all here at the same table, the same mm-hmm. virtual table. Also with us is Bobby Fisher. He's the vice president of A&R at Empire Records, signed a lot of different drill artists, developed a lot of them as well. Bobby, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Thank you. And also with us is a, a criminal defense attorney, Philip Hamilton. He's the managing partner of Hamilton Clark LLP and representing a lot of young men who have been in these circumstances and are currently in these circumstances as the laws and the prosecutions and the penalties are changing. That's what we're talking about. Um, Carol, I want to ask you about this. Do you feel that the there, there, there've been a lot of teenage. I mean, I've covered them in news. We've covered them on, you know, here on Street Soldiers. I've covered them on the ten o'clock news. Uh, for Fox Five, there there've been a lot of there've been murders for many many years of young men of teenagers. A lot of times they don't get a lot of attention. They probably were many of them in the past gang related, but it, it didn't become a big deal for the media. But now there's drill drill music and social media, and it's become something that is headlines everywhere. Do you feel that the 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 music is? making it more attractive for people to just blame, you know, blame that instead of the real cause? Yes, definitely. The music is definitely making it more attractive because it's easier to just blame the music. But if you remember, they always blame music for whatever happens, like especially rap. They always try to blame rap for everything that happens. But what they fail to realize is 
It's not rap. These guys are coming from the streets, and the streets always been hip hop. Hip hop has always been the streets. If you want to go back to "Don't Push Me" because we're close to the edge, this right. was the representation of the streets. So now that it may be a little more violent nowadays, people are looking to blame it. But at the end of the day, what they probably need to do is like what Jelani is doing is doing things for that's actually targeting the streets, not just targeting the like trying to blame the rap. You're targeting the streets when you could. Tell a kid that he's gonna like if they could get rid of their guns, they could get a scholarship or or, or a job. That's that's a better like solution than just say, oh, we're gonna finish drill music. Because now think about this: what they're doing is attacking the budget. So now, once they don't have a budget, they're still gonna have to do what they do. Right. So they don't. The only problem is now they won't have a chance out. You get where I'm coming from? Yeah. They won't have a chance to get out because they're not making money, but. The beef is gonna continue cooking no matter what you want to say. Like, so that's why what Jelani is doing is kind of like very like um I would like to say um that's um that's something I like a like a philanthropic thing. But but Phil Hamilton, let me ask you this because one of the things that started to bubble up in the media and uh, and and I'm sure everyone here has uh has has seen it is this whole idea of using rap lyrics to convict people. Is that enough to just have a rap lyric? Because it, it seems, or does does there have to first be a murder and there's actually a crime committed and then they're looking, explain that for us. What are you dealing with in some of your cases? Well, I mean, depends. I mean, if there is a murder and they start digging into alleged suspects, YouTube, IG, and they start to try to find and put pieces together in regards to implicit admissions or you know, explicit admissions. Let's just be frank sometimes in these songs. If they can find that, then can they bring that into a court of law and use it? Yes. I mean, just a prime, you know, breakdown on the rules of evidence to the extent that any evidence is more probative on any material fact than it is not, it's relevant. And as long as it's relevant, you can introduce it as long as it's not coming in on some bar, say like hearsay. And the right. thing with when you put your own admissions in your own lyrics that's an exception to hearsay. It can come in. We've seen Jay-Z and some other people trying to you know, put some legislation out there to try to basically bar rap lyrics and things like that from being used you know, within the rules of evidence for it actually being admissible. But do I ultimately see anything like that passing? No, I mean, dating back to England, to the extent that you admit something and you are the person on trial, it comes in. And if they're gonna make any exception for hip hop, I doubt it. So the advice that we always give to our clients Right. Stop putting it in the music. Vac, Vac, exactly. Because Vac, what about that? Because this is also a gener generational thing too. It's like I think a lot of us are just like, you know what? You keep your business quiet. You don't you don't talk. You don't do anything. This is like the, they're putting it all out there, and then so they're basically handing investigators when there's a crime, kind of like almost the playbook of what actually the happened. There's the live stream from the social media. There's mm -hmm. the lyrics, name in the person. Mm -hmm. You know, there's you all remember, these codes that they threw. Yeah, I remember uh, about 10 years ago, you remember Rod Diggs when they used his his case, his his lyrics against yes, him and yes. gave him 10, 100 years plus 10 life sentences and all of that just because of yeah. rap lyrics. They had no real hard evidence to use his rap lyrics against him in a federal courtroom. Uh, the the first to... person I remember that actually happening with was actually Juicy J's brother, Project Pat. That oh, yeah, happened yeah. back in like 2004, 2005-ish. Mm -hmm. He was one of the first people to try to litigate out of that. Didn't work. Cut his career at like a very important time. And mm -hmm. that's the thing I know you guys see as A&R. You know, to the minute that you're hot, everything's popping. You first got that million dollar check. We typically see that's when the arrests come. And then boom, even if you beat the case, you're sitting up in there nevertheless for 8, 10, 12 months. 
somebody else is coming, taking your spot. You got to come back out and try to get the energy. You know, a lot of times I would just say it's not worth it. You know, it's really not. Just, we, we also have to also be careful about art and, and also the Second Amendment. I'm not well versed on, on our amendment rights, but some rappers are capping. Like, but mm -hmm. basically is there, you know, they're making stuff up or attaching themselves to situations they might not be really be involved in. And it could be from, you know, living vicariously through someone else. It's a slippery slope when we're trying to use lyrics that may not, it's, 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 I don't know. I mean, I don't know from a legal terminology, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a legal jargon that we, you know, artists will have to navigate, labels will have to navigate. And, and obviously, you know, artists need to really think about what they put in, into but, their but material they, because but, it can harm them. But, but Vak, when you have it, when you have a new artist, do, do they actually understand that, you know, what Jelani called self-snitching? It's like lyrics are one thing if there's an actual murder and then your social media, you know, the, the, these, because a lot of these cases now, the, the amount of digital evidence is it's just like voluminous. It's just like overwhelming. Do they that understand is, that, how, how important that is, you know, to, to Bobby's point of like reality versus art? Yeah, I talk to I, my artists particularly. I don't allow them to do any of that. So I had an artist, Coast of Ghost, his very first song. He named about ten people. After that, he hasn't done it again because he did. We had to do to catch my attention, to catch the attention of the people that brought business our way. But then once we got into it, we can't do that anymore. I lost Nick Blicky back in 2020. When Nick Blicky passed on, Tutu had a song where he was talking about people and saying things in their name. Ever since then, he hasn't said another name in anyone's music because he doesn't want it to affect him, his friends, and his, and his career. And we we all learned a lot of lessons. The hard, Some lessons we had to learn the hard way, but we all learned a lot of lessons with that kind of music. I don't allow that kind of music. I don't like my art. I don't, listen, I don't let my artists talk about people that died. I won't even put it out. Like, I would I would, I would censor it. Like, we, we listen to the music first. We have to approve it. That's how a lot of this music that you hear with the dissing and stuff, it doesn't come from the... It's not commercially released. It's not coming from the companies. It's coming from kids just getting the video camera, right. going in their building, shooting the video and uploading to YouTube and going to TuneCore and uploading the song to the streaming services. Because when it comes to us, we understand, especially me, especially Bobby, people like us, there's other people in the music business, Stephen Victor and guys like that. We're all in the know of the guys who, with the music and things they're saying. And we, and, and we definitely censor a lot of it. Some of it come through here and there because you don't get the terminology. You know, we're 30 something years old. We don't know what 16 and 17 year old kids mean by everything they say. However, right. the majority of it, we are definitely censoring as much as we can. You can't go on none of my artists. I executive produce every project. You can't go through the projects and hear one person saying somebody's name and things like that, or this mother or this kid, they, this dead person. We don't do that over here. And that's what it's really about, making sure that you are releasing the message the way it, the way it's supposed to be intended. But once once it gets offended. once it gets to that level, but Jelani, before it gets to that level, there's a lot of a lot of pitfalls and potholes. Absolutely. And danger, just plain danger. Absolutely. That's where you know organizations uh, such as myself uh, come in because I try to you know uh, before they make a decision. Now, mind you, I don't target just rappers. You know, any at-risk youth in uh, Brooklyn, um, if they are willing to hand in a firearm, um, this is the first program in the nation. Um, my partner, Rashid Littlejohn, uh, started this um, about a year and a half ago uh, in February, 2021, where 12, I believe it was 12 kids were arrested on a party bus. Remember that story? They had about eight guns. Right. You know, two of those kids were on the way to college. And you have to look at little situations like this. Okay, well, 
these are good kids on the way to college, but they feel like they have to have a gun in a music video to get likes and, and exposure. So, um, you know, Wavak and Bobby, I've personally seen them, um, and I can't speak for a lot of different executives, uh, mentor the kids and let them know you can't do this, or guess what? This video is not going out. You wasted your time. You wasted it's, the, it's uh, too much like that. But there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot under before before it gets to that level. Kale, what what about that in terms of the the ones what what you're seeing happening? This retaliation from this side, from that side, and the dis I mean, and the dis the, the disrespect, like this real incredible disrespect. Yeah, the disrespect goes as far as social media because it's not just music. These guys are looking for clout overall. You get what I'm coming from? So sometimes they're just looking for clout. Even some guys are not rapping and they're just looking for that um, social media clout. So they might add fuel to the fire from that point of view. And then the artists are going to pick up on it. Like, okay, you're talking about my guys or you may, like, like I told you earlier, you may go to the vigil and kick over the candles. All right. So now it's, now it's like on. Right? And then now it just, the disrespect just keeps going and going and going. Us as older guys, we could try to talk to them as much as we could. But the thing about the streets today is it's not the older guys that really controls what's happening. These guys have their own, like, let's say a big homie and their big homie is like, like maybe two years older than them. So it's not like they have like a good age difference to be able to say somebody to really be wise about it. It's about to, it's like, I'm only two years older than you. And if I tell you no, y'all gonna tell me that I'm soft. So they themselves have to be like, you know what? Let's do what we got to do or something like that. All right, we'll just be right to, back. This is to, Free Soldiers. We'll be right back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Salute. This is General Steele from Smith & Wesson. And right now you're listening to Street Soldiers with your girl, Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about rap, gangs, and guns. Joining us for this conversation, Jelani Ray. He's with a nonprofit organization called Guns for Grants. Jelani, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Also with us is Kale So Frosty. He's a filmmaker. His movie is Flatbush the Movie. And he's also the executive producer and host of God, the Gods of the City podcast. Kale, thank you so much for being with us. Appreciate you, Lisa. Thank you. Also with us is Vidal Vak Barclay. He's the president and CEO of Cultivated Agency. And he represents some of the top tier drill rappers. Vak, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also with us is Bobby Fisher, he's the vice president of A&R with Empire Records. He also works with some of the top drill artists and scouts them out and gets their careers launched. Bobby, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. And also joining us is Philip Hamilton. He's a criminal defense attorney. He's represented many cases like this involving uh, young artists and also aspiring artists and gang members, uh, all kinds of cases, state and federal. He's also the managing partner of Hamilton Clark LLP. Phil, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Lisa. Thank you so much. Okay, so recently, a DJ who on Hot 97, who is also involved in producing drill records, who is also uh, a music promoter and in the clubs, DJ Drewski, said that he, he, he also recently became a father for the first time. So that kind of changed his whole perspective on life. Um, he decided that he doesn't really want to play on his own show. The, these any drill records that have specific beefs in them, specific taunts, any disses, anything like that. Vok, what do you think about that? I guess I would say me personally, I res, I've, I've messed with Drewski, I respect him and I, I, I definitely appreciate what he does for most of the kids. However, I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna say it like, 
in, like I said, 2020, I lost Nick Blicky. He was one of the artists that I worked very close with. He used to be with us on, he, we did, he came with me on two, three tours. I'm, so, I'm so sorry for your, and I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. And the kids that, the kids from the neighborhood that don't like him, they were dissing him on songs and stuff like that. And Drewski would play the songs, you know? He, he not, unbeknownst to him, he just playing the songs. He don't really know, you know? And then you got the other guys doing the songs that he do work with, that he does know what's going on. He plays those songs. Those are diss records too. So he's been playing diss records for the last two years. The situation finally hit his doorstep. Now it's too far. Right. It was too far when I was asking people, because you can go back and look at my interviews with Mel TV and other interviews I've done. And I've been said, we need some sort of resolution. We need guys to come together and try to figure it out. We need DJs to stop playing the disc record. Then kids to stop dissing people. They wasn't listening until it hit their doorstep. So now his friend, T. Dawu, lovely kid, too. Great energy if you ever met the kid. Yeah, I could tell from very, the videos. Very high energy, lovely kid. He, he got he got murdered and that's that's a kid that he deals with just like how I dealt with Nick Blicky. So it hurts you to see somebody that you was with yesterday go away because of some nonsense violence that has nothing to do with anything anything tangible. You understand? So we hit their doorstep. Now it's a, that was too far, which I'm not going to say is hypocritical because, hey, you know, sometimes you need to see things for you to, to want to change things. But it needs to be a strong initiative. You can't just take away something from kids. You gotta, we gotta, it gotta be some type of, it gotta be some type of resolution. It gotta be something, some compromise. You can't just say I'm not playing on records because this is the third. Low, listen, ho, oh, oh, listen, what are you gonna do? I want to start an initiative to get kids to start creating different kinds of music so we can get different sounds on the radio instead of you telling them what you're gonna do and what you're not gonna do. Because what he said, create more aggression. Right. But now that, he, that didn't work. It didn't work in his favor when he did that. You know what right. I'm saying? Now, I understand his message. It came from a place of hurt. And from, but you got to when you addressing teenage kids that you claim are, that claim are wild and ignorant and undereducated, you can't say certain things to them in that in that kind of tone. You got to kind of right. ease into them and explain to them why it's happening. Like, you know, your parents beat you back in the days. They hit your hand and they tell you why you hit. I told you, don't touch the stove. Don't touch the stove. Right. We, now we're just hitting the kids hands and putting them in handcuffs for, for not listening. We gotta, we gotta literally ease it into them. Yo, listen, y'all been doing it. We can't allow it. This is what we need to do. I need you to tone it down, please. As a matter of fact, I'll get in the studio and I'll help y'all. i help produce these records so they don't sound like that and y'all don't have to say this. You need help writing I'll get some writers in here. That's what they really need. They really just need help. Half the kids, they're telling us in so many words in the songs that they need help because a lot of them aren't, aren't educated. Some of them are just becoming two, three hundred thousand years and getting all these millions of views because they, they they know how to rap, but they don't even know how to read the songs that they're saying. They can't write. This. They never wrote it down. They just get in the booth and rap. So, it's so sad. It, it's and they just keep saying the same things because that's the only vernacular and vocabulary that they understand that they know. That's the only thing they can speak. Right intelligently on so you can't tell them yo you're not going to play this hold on give let's get let, let's figure something out let's all right you know what let's get these kids together they're going that doing the big records let's get some 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 records and, and show them that other records other than this records can get on the radio as well you know well, look mean? At, that, i mean look at pop smoke with like look, look at what dior dior like for example like different dior dior so with this record though well some of Pop Smoke's biggest records are diss records, but we don't know because we're not the kids that he's dissing. Right. Only they will understand it. So, you so Bobby, when you... Mm -hmm. yes. I'm sorry, go, so go, go ahead, finish your, finish your point, Vaca. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, that's why they was making the diss records towards him because they, they understand it. We don't get it. Because like I said, we're grown. We don't understand right, exactly. the vocabulary they use each other. They, that's what they get it. So Pop Smoke, hot, one of the biggest songs. I love that song to death. I dance to it every time. But right. it's a diss record. Right. You feel what I'm saying? So this records in New York City been been has been uh 
been been passed off as hit records for a long time. It's just now that the music isn't that great that you understand that they're saying a bunch of nonsense and they're trying to hurt each other because you understand like, oh, if he's really and, trying to, right. and now the, you're paying attention because the music isn't that good and, and you're then, trying to figure they out the why easy, they get money. Right, and they have the easy access with the guns and then you got the social mm -hmm. media, all these inexpensive, cheap, free social media platforms uh, to, to do all that. K.O., what do you think about that? Um, I want to go back off to um, what Vodka said. Um, Diodio is not an actual diss song, but it's more like he might throw in a little bit of like a little sprinkle or something. That's what I said, sort of. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like more of he, he did a, a great song, but he may have threw a little shot in there too. But that's all it takes for people to say, oh, because what you have to think now is since it's, since it's such a great song, it's in every club. So mm -hmm. now everybody, when they're in the club, they have to hear this. Although, although it might be that one line, everybody don't want to hear that one line. So they're like, yo, bro, that one line might have been like this, but mm -hmm. the song. So that's why even I told you before, I think what Pop Smoke did was basically a great thing when he basically started turning like his drill sound into like a more party. commercial sound, yeah. trying to do like a party thing. And um, and not to, not to say that even with, that's why I say even we're not like Chicago also because even with our sound, we're like, if you think about Chicago and you think about us, they don't do the dances. They're not doing this. We're, we're like a no, happy dancing city. in the part, like that whole thing. But I think that comes from the Caribbean, Caribbean influence. The, um, yeah. Bobby, just in terms, because we've got to wrap things up here. What, what do you think yes. needs to happen? Is it, is it, does the music industry need to take, take some kind of action like Bach was talking about? Where Does there need to be more of, of kind of like, you know, a career path? Like, you know, if you're on the college track, you know, like, let me get the internship. And then I can get meet the right people. I can learn how to conduct myself in different environments with people from different backgrounds and feel confident and, you know, get schooled in, in all these different ways. Does it, do you think the music industry needs to do something? I mean, exactly. I mean, the music, I mean, as far as with Black music is concerned, I mean, we saw it with the Motown era. We saw it with the Bad Boy era. You know, there were, there were Black companies or Black-infused companies that develop artists, not only from a musical standpoint, but from life skills. And learning how to conduct yourselves. Um, that's very important moving forward. And I think the the speed of, of social media and the internet, we're fast tracking artists and we're judging them too fast and we're not giving them time to really develop and grow. Obviously, the crime element and what's happening with, you know, with, you know, uh, you know, arrest and murders, that's one thing. But if an artist is able to remove himself from that situation and then and they're able to develop themselves, we still have to give them time. We're we're judging artists in, in two months and it took Jay-Z until he was 26 years old to establish himself on the scene or, right, right. or, or Puff Daddy with the Biggie Smalls or, yep. you know, or with, with, with Nas here, you know, with Nas. So we have to make sure that we giving these artists the right tools, the positive reinforcements, the right team around them or, or, or from, from even when they're out on the road from when they're conducting themselves in the studio, even having the proper security, it takes a village to raise artists. It's almost like you're raising a child yeah. and you have to, and, but grown, you know, obviously young men and women, we're not calling them children. We just have to make sure that we're doing the right things to move it forward. Exactly. But we need time and we need patience.
Guys, I want to thank you so much. Let's continue this conversation and hopefully we can all uh, work together and push for peace together. I want to thank everybody for being with us. Jelani Ray, great to have you. Chaos Frosty, thank you so much. Uh, Vidal Vak Barclay, thank you so much for being with us. Bobby Fisher, appreciate your time. And attorney Philip Hamilton, thank you so much for being with us. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all.